You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, a good friend of mine, host of uh, our co-host of The Drive, host of After the Game, all on ESPN 1067, Dan Peck. How are you, my friend? I'm I'm doing great, Zach. It's it's always a thrill to get to talk to you and uh, and and yeah, to be on the show. It's uh, it's, it's I've been looking forward to it. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, tell folks what you have going on this Saturday. Um, uh, obviously, with the season starting, lots of good things coming. Right. I mean, so so for the last couple of years, and start starting back in 2017, all all the way back uh, in in the first Jarrett Stidham year uh, for, uh, for for Auburn football, uh, we've uh, we've partnered with Skybar. Uh, here at at Auburn Network, uh, and and we've put on something called After the Game, and yeah. it's a a live post game show from Skybar Cafe downtown. We take calls, uh, you know, as soon as the as soon as the Auburn game ends, uh, it's streaming live on the internet. On top of being on on ESPN 106.7, and uh, and and yeah, it's just uh, it's it's always you know a, a lively. Uh, you know, some sometimes it's downbeat. Auburn hasn't won every game in in, in the last. Uh, four seasons, so sometimes it's right. not as as cheerful as people would have liked. In, f- in fact, sometimes uh, you, you could say it's it's downright agitated. Uh, but but it's uh, it's 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 always it's it's always worth a listen, and it's it's usually a pretty good time. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've I've filled in with you some, and it's almost more enjoyable. Not necessarily enjoyable, but as far as like. When the fan base is upset, that is the place to go to feel the pulse of everything that everyone is feeling. So after the game, download the ESPN 106.7 app if you are out of market. But of course, um, then ESPNAU.com as well. But yeah, if you're in the uh, Auburn, Opelika, County area, whether you're in in town for the game and leaving, put it on 106.7. Tons of ways to listen. So Dan, you and Bill do a great job. You guys do a two-hour show together every day, talking all things Auburn and SEC. What have been kind of the the talking points this week? Now that it's game week, we're just a few days away from this thing. Well, and, and I think it's tough to separate the talking points from game week versus the talking points that have sort of come up since Brian Harson was hired. Yeah. Right. I mean, you go back to how is Bo Nix going to coexist in a Mike Bobo offense with with Brian Harson kind of overseeing things. Even if he doesn't micromanage his offensive coordinator, you have to imagine Brian Harson, with his background, has an influence over the direction of this offense. And and so, yeah, how Bo Nix sort of fits into those plans is is something. And with with games like Penn State and LSU and and Georgia in the first half of the season, I mean, it's it seems like you need an answer pretty early as to how Bo Nix fits into. Uh, the plans of the new offensive coordinator and, and, and the new head coach. Tying into that, I mean, you, I think you you obviously could focus on wide receiver because Auburn lost so much of its production at that position last year. Is a wide receiver going to step up and sort of separate themselves from everyone else? Uh, Bill Cameron, my, my my esteemed co-host, the goat. And, and let and let me let me throw out there too. If I had the 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 say. Auburn's next Auburn University's next president, 
uh, Bill Cameron. I, sure. think, I think that's where I'm, I'm glad uh, Cameron, Cameron, 2021. I'm I, fine I with it. Be, all right. Good. So just to, just to toss that out there, Bill Cameron's been a, uh, Javarius Johnson fan for a, for a very long time. He, okay. he noticed him early on the recruiting trail and, uh, to see, it, it seems like, and you don't want to put too much stock into the buzz at a position like this, because things could look totally different, go, you know, coming out of the Alabama State game. Uh, but it, it looks like uh, Javarius Johnson uh, has has the potential to have a really big season, a breakout season uh, on, on the offense, which which could really help, you know, that first question about Bo Nix and Mike Bobo and Brian Harson right. and, and how and how you improve the passing game, which which. I think unquestionably needs improvement. Yeah, and Javarius Johnson is a fun case because you can make the argument that he has been the winner of the offseason. I mean, he's really the only guy that has maintained hype throughout spring, throughout summer, and throughout fall, and was named a starter earlier this week. There's been other guys that's maintained hype, and they've kind of had ups and downs, but he's been pretty steady. And whenever we've gotten a chance to watch him or watch the team— whether it was, you know, the, the short windows when practice was available for media to viewing or A-Day or, you know, the open practice this past weekend, Bo Nix throws it to Javaris Johnson as much as he humanly can. And I think Johnson's a big winner because he's worked his tail off and he's clearly won a position battle. But also, with his skill set and kind of being labeled as that slot guy... I don't know if he really would have been utilized as well in the previous regime. So maybe bringing Harson in and Mike Bobo and Bo Nix possibly taking that step forward. All these things really help Javaris Johnson. I think he's the winner of the offseason, if you ask me. Well, thus far, I think it's it's hard to argue of the of the players returning from last year's team who weren't assured of a starting spot. It's guys like Johnson. I'd, I'd lump Austin Troxel. In, in that mix as well, Ooh, okay. you know, if going into uh, you know a guy who ha- has overcome a lot of adversity to be the week one starter at left tackle for, for the Auburn Tigers in 2021, and I'd say that's also a guy you could lump in there as as somebody who appears to be of, of the guys who were at at risk of being lost in the shuffle, especially on offense. Not not necessarily the new additions to the team, but the guys who were at risk of being somewhat lost i would say yeah johnson um uh, austin troxel how about how about shedrick uh shedrick jackson who i mean i was i thought i was paying pretty close attention but i went out there saturday out of nowhere practice yeah and and shedrick jackson seemed very clearly to be a number one wide receiver for this team a couple days later you see that that's where indeed he is on the depth chart um it's i mean He's and, and I think Brian Harson answered a question about uh, Shedrick Jackson at the press conference this week and mentioned he's he's come as as far as any wide receiver since the spring and they were looking for someone to make that move. I don't know how many of us predicted Shedrick Jackson to be that guy of of all the wide receivers on the roster, uh, but here we are and going into week one, it looks like maybe. Uh, maybe Shedrick Jackson gets a lot more targets in 2021 than he has in his entire Auburn career uh, thus far. Yeah, on Saturday, he looked a lot more crisp. He seemed a lot more athletic to me. And I don't know if it's the stigma that I've got in my head where it's like, well, all he does is block. He's his physical presence and essentially just um, 
a run blocking guy on the edge. But as far as like him running routes and, you know, it may have been where I was sitting too, because I was closer to the wide receivers there, but he just, he looked like, I think you make the argument. He looked like one of the more crisp guys as far as getting out of those breaks and setting up and, you know, catching the ball away from his body with his hands. He did a lot of things where it's like, who is this guy? I mean, we just haven't seen this version of Shedrick Jackson before. Well, I, I think you have to imagine it's not just his blocking prowess that that which which has gotten him a lot of the notice and and probably yeah. because of his lack of targets, you have to imagine his blocking justified a lot of his playing time the last couple of seasons because they didn't view him as as a passing option. Luke Deal, I think you could also say the exact same thing about Luke okay. Deal plays a lot. Luke Deal played a lot of snaps last year. I think he was targeted twice all, all season long. So th- there appear to be a couple of guys who maybe had the stigma of excellent blockers who don't provide much in the passing game. And I wonder if in the last six months, whether it's the new coaching staff taking a look at them, uh, whether it's elements of the new offense favoring these guys, maybe it's just individual growth. Maybe mm-hmm. these guys personally decided I'm – I'm going to be at the top of the depth chart when, when the season starts. But it seems like both Shedrick Jackson and Luke Deal have shed some of that excellent blocker, iffy, everything else label, or at least they're on pace to do so uh, based on, on where they sit going into the 2021 season. Right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Have you been to Frisky Whiskey, Dan? I've, I've driven buy frisky whiskey i have not actually made made my my maiden voyage sure sure next time you should stop great deals you step in there there's a bunch of billboards i'm sure you saw the billboards driving past it but uh yeah put in frisky whiskey in your phone's gps it's about 15 or 20 minutes from auburn or opelika depending on how close you are to i-85 but as soon as you get into georgia it's right there on the right like uh like you said you can't miss all the billboards that you get in there ten thousand square feet of awesome selection extremely low prices all very very affordable and reasonable they kind of capitalize on the the georgia tax rate on alcohol so you can kind of you know Take advantage of that if you want to. And, hey, it's worth it if you're buying a bunch of stuff um, for your tailgate. It's absolutely worth it, especially if you're coming in town from Atlanta. It's not even out of the way. So, there you go. Check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Also, our friends Commercial at... Commercial made me thirsty. I had to go take a, I had to take a little sip there while you were... Oh, no, that's you were, fine. While you were talking. That's fine. Yeah, Frisky Whiskey has that effect on folks. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You can head over to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, and they're very easy to navigate website. And when you place your order... Uh, type in Locked On Auburn in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. We're live at low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I've, uh, I'm a big fan of Rock Auto's uh, uh, animated commercials. You want to you want to sing on... the jingle for me? Oh, I, well, I, I I don't know enough of it off the off the top of my head. I don't okay. want to get it wrong. My understanding is that if you're uh, if you're someone who uh, replaces things yourself on, on your car. Yeah. Uh, Rock Auto is an indispensable uh, resource for uh, for stuff like that. No question. Yeah, you get to skip the middle, man. You get it fr- uh, straight from suppliers. It's awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. All right, Dan, as far as um, as far as what you think we can learn as Auburn takes the field against Akron in just a few days, obviously, uh, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Get ready for a meltdown um, when people have the realization at 6 o'clock Saturday night when it's not on television. Just get ready for that. Um, but what do you think we can learn 
from this because there's a lot of folks that are kind of taking the stance of, well, it's Akron. I mean, if we blow them out of the water, you know, there's nothing really you can take away. Or the other side, if it's close, everybody's going to freak out and say, you know, we're not a good football team. So what do you think we can learn from Saturday? I would say primarily, if the game goes according to plan and it's one-sided, if, 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 that's, if that's how it plays out, yeah. I would think the first thing you could learn is watch the rotations on offense and see how much of it is they're still evaluating who needs to be the key player at the position versus they've decided on the key player at the position and they're figuring out, uh, they're they're trying to get him as many reps as possible going into the Penn State game. I think you could look at that all over the offense, whether it's quarterback, uh, whether it's anywhere on the offensive line, maybe it's at receiver, maybe it's at tight end. The question of, are, are they are they going with one guy primarily, or are we seeing a rotation that makes you wonder if playing time is still up in the air going forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is, I mean, you don't want to draw too many conclusions, but I mean, if if uh, you know if, if if a different offensive lineman is in the game on the second series or the third series, you you wonder how close that person is to uh, to, to being a starter. Uh, very soon. Well, if, and you if, mentioned uh, the offensive got... line, Dan. There was two on the depth chart with the oars, you know, uh, at both guards. So maybe that is something we can see. A- absolutely. I mean, you you went into last year knowing that, or you came into this year knowing uh, that after last season, somebody who got a lot of playing time at guard probably was not going to be in the starting lineup if Brandon Council was, was healthy and, and ready to go. Yeah. Looks like Brandon Council is uh, is is uh, full steam ahead right uh, and, and and I think it's telling that they're playing him at left guard uh, because it seemed like they could rely on him in in pass blocking and I think it was uh we, we had Chris Todd on on the drive sure uh, la- last week and he mentioned that if you're going under center and this did not occur to me because I uh, despite my you know I, I didn't play quarterback uh-huh. um, right no so but uh, uh, but Chris Todd did and Chris Todd pointed out something that, that didn't occur to me, which is that when, when you're going to go under center uh, more than you have in years past, and it seems unquestionable that that's what Auburn's going to do this year. I mean, based on every look we've had, they're, they're I mean, but Bo Nix is, Bo Nix is under center quite a bit. The left guard becomes really important in pass blocking in, in that situation because, I mean, you, you could have any number of situations arise where, where you need that guy mm. to be rock solid because he's going to be the last line of defense versus, you know, a, a nightmare coming at your quarterback. And it would make sense that if they feel good about Brandon Council, uh, that could be where he slots in. And I don't want to write off the chances of uh, Alec Jackson or Deshaun Manning. I think you can write off Alec Jackson. I think that's yeah, I mean, safe yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm careful. I'm careful with it. But I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've believed that Brandon Council had a spot on that offensive line if he's healthy again. And it was just a matter of, of you know how, how you sort everything else out. And that, that's right. that's what it appears to be. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's just it's crazy that Tayshawn Manning may not be a starter. Because it looks like Keandre Jones is the favorite to start at that other guard spot. And it's uh I think Keandre Jones did fine filling in for Brandon Council after he went down, but Tayshawn Manning, like if you look at the analytics and stuff, like he was one of the best players on the team. I mean, especially on the offensive line. So I, I'm just surprised by that. And I remember 
Harson talking so fondly about Tayshawn Manning during the spring. He loved Tayshawn Manning. Gave him one of the early like um, you know workout warrior of the week or whatever that 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 um, that title was that he was doing on social media. Tayshawn Manning got one early, and he talked about his work ethic and things like that. But yeah, he may not be a starter when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, and, and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that you have a, a personnel shakeup on the offensive line eventually this year. I mean, I think the coaching staff would love for the starting five on Saturday night to be the starting five all season long and right. to play every meaningful snap for Auburn this year. But you, you know, you're you're pretty lucky if that's what happens on your offensive line. So it's not like the third guard isn't a really important piece Mm -hmm. of this team. Brian Harson talks about having eight offensive linemen, not five because of what can happen. And it seems like even if Manning isn't one of the starting five, he's unquestionably in that, in that group of eight. Right. Right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, Dan Peck, people throwing money down on some football action. It's finally back. Uh, Betonline.ag has, Auburn is a 37-point favorite. You like that? Who are you taking, Dan? That's a, that's a big number. You know, generally when I see a matchup like Auburn and Akron on opening day, I'm tempted to lay the points because you got you got a, 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 a coach that wants to impress the, the, the home fans. Yeah. Um, you, you got a team that could roll over when they realize the game's out of hand in the second half. Um, you know, and, and with offenses these days, you know, 28 point quarters aren't as rare as they used to be. So, I mean, you, you can, if, if you're a lot better than your opponent, yeah, you, you can beat them by 35, 37 points. And, uh, seems like Auburn's a lot better than Akron. Yeah. I, 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 I like Auburn and this, so we will see, but yeah, you can head over to betonline.ag if you feel one way about that line or the other, or. If you want to bet on anything, betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit for a 100% welcome bonus. Free money, folks. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dan Peck, we got a few minutes left, and I appreciate your time as always. But kind of give me your thoughts on what Auburn needs to do against Akron and Alabama State um, before Penn State. What do they need to do to get ready? And what do you think the biggest difference between right now or the team we'll see Saturday versus the team that we will see go up to Penn State in three weeks? Well, we've been we've been talking about rotations and, yeah. and sort of the, the 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 luxury of this schedule is that you can evaluate against Akron and Alabama State in a way that you can't if you open at Clemson mm-hmm. or or at you know at at Ohio State or something like that. If you've got if you're if you're in a main event on opening night, you 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 need to have these things answered sooner. Auburn can not. I mean, the schedule is incredibly difficult, but Auburn 
has the first two weeks to figure some things out. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what what they're still evaluating. I think it's crucial to have as many questions answered before you go to state college in week three right. as as possible. And these two games are crucial, not just because it's a catastrophic loss if you if you drop either of them, and not just because you want as many of your starters healthy and available coming out of, of these two games, but also, I mean, yeah, you, you want as many of the question marks at, you know, at, on, on the depth chart, whichever ones may exist at this point, right. You, you want them to, to be some other type of punctuation, uh, but, but not, but not a question mark a- a- anymore. You'd like, you know, so, something else there, You'd like to be able to put a check mark or a exclamation or something, but, uh, and, and one position we haven't really talked about where I think, it would be great to see a breakthrough would be in the pass rush. If sure. there was one player in these first two games, whether it's a new addition to the team and Eku Leota, uh, Mark, Marcus Harris. Yeah. If, if, if TD Moultrie has the breakout season, some people think he could have, I, I've heard people rave about Romello height. Uh, and, and I love Romello height. Love and, him. and what, and what he's been able to do. Yeah. If you see somebody, even if they just sort of plant the seed in the first two weeks, if you see someone on this team who looks like they could really affect the the pass rush from the outside, that's something different than what Auburn's had in the last couple of years, and that could be a big change and, and could make a big difference on a team that doesn't seem to have that many glaring weaknesses at the moment, especially defensively. Yeah, I think the biggest question mark is interior defensive line. I think Tony Fair is going to be really good. And I think guys like Colby Wooden, when they scoot inside, can be really, really good. But there's just not a whole lot of depth there. And maybe there is, and I just don't see it yet. J.J. Pegues, the number two guy behind um, behind Tony Fair, Marquise Burks in the two deep as well. It's like, I, I just feel like there's a big drop-off from one to two there. With every other position, it's like the drop-off from one to two isn't as dramatic with the exception of maybe Roger McCreary to Roe Torrance. And that's nothing against Roe Torrance. It's just Roger McCreary is really stinking good. But that seems to be the one spot where I'm like, if Tony Fair goes down, I think it changes what you have to do up front. I was a little surprised that J.J. was was the backup to, to Tony on, on the depth chart we saw this week. At the open practice on Saturday, I spent quite a bit of time there where the, uh, where the Auburn band generally sits, which is... Uh, where the uh, where where the defensive line where you know they they were yeah. they were working out right right at that corner right and um, I mean it, it's there there's some really impressive looking uh, defensive linemen that that seem eager to uh, to step in Tony Fair is is unmissable that the guy is, the guy is enormous even even in drills with his other with the other defensive linemen on the team you you can tell that 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 Tony Fair is uh, huge he's a yeah he's he's a different. A different species of dinosaur we're we're, we're dealing with there right. with, uh, with with Tony Fair. Um, I think Dre Butler and Lee Hunter could give you something on the interior. Dre Butler was a highly thought of uh, yeah. junior college defensive lineman. Lee Hunter was not on the depth chart, but he's somebody that we've heard great things about. I'm skeptical about the idea of Jeremiah Wright coming back from a torn ACL Me too. and impacting this season. But but there were rave reviews. I mean. See, rave reviews about what Jeremiah Wright could bring. So, I mean, we'll see. I understand what you're saying about the interior defensive line. 
a lot of question marks. Um, but but I, I do like Lee Hunter going forward quite a bit. That's a tough tough position to play as a true freshman. Right. But but, but I, I, I like Lee Hunter a lot. Yeah, and only one true freshman in the two deep. Tarvarish Dawson backing up Javarius Johnson there. So, yeah, I think we'll see plenty of Lee Hunter, especially as the season goes on. And I think we'll see him in, in you know, some form. I don't know if it's mop-up duty. And, and that's one of those things that you talked about. It's going to be interesting to see the order in which people come in when we talk about these rotations over the next few weeks leading up into Penn State. But the guy that physically impressed me the uh, the most, and you saw him if you were sitting in that corner, but uh, Zakevius Walker, man, he looks so lean to me. He looked like a different person. Yeah, I mean, Zakevius Walker is, um, he's he's somebody who, I mean, appears to have all the potential physically. I mean, it yeah. just seems like if, if you were, you know, if, if if you were building a an interior defensive lineman from scratch, you know, at at, at Zykevius's age, he would look a lot like Zykevius Walker. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's understand. I mean, it's understandable that he's uh, somebody that uh, a couple of people we've talked to on the drive have pointed to as if, if you want to talk about something. And and people forget he started the bowl game. I mean, he is he is coming back. He is coming into the season. As, as a as a defensive lineman who started Auburn's most recent game, so right. it shouldn't be shocking if he's a big contributor this year. But it does seem like you know other 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 players at the position get talked about more, um, and and it, I mean it, it shouldn't be surprising if Zykebius goes out there and shows that that he belongs and and then some. Dan Peck, thank you so much for your time. How can people find you and hear you? Okay, so I'm on Twitter. I, I don't do a lot of Auburn football. It's more retweeting the guy who does the TCM schedule uh, and, and stuff like that. So, but but it's, but I'm worth the follow anyway. Okay. Um, and and I'm always, uh, you know, J- Justin Ferguson mentioned uh, mentioned me in his in his most recent Observer as as somebody who helped uh, make make that thing happen. So I've today's been really cool as far as like. Yeah, a couple of my a uh, couple of my friends here on the Auburn beat, you and and, and Justin, uh, sure, uh, invite inviting me and, and platforming me as the uh, as as they say. Oh uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Daniel Allen Peck, two L's and an E in Allen. I think if you Google Dan Peck Twitter, I'm the first one that that comes up. But uh, I, I I don't know. But and, and the drive is Monday through Friday, four to six, ESPN one hundred six seven, ESPNAU.com. Uh, there's a podcast of it that's available wherever you right. listen to podcasts. Look for The Drive with Bill Cameron, and you'll find it. And after the game is every Saturday after an Auburn football game, as soon as the game ends, we're live at Sky Bar on ESPN 106.7 uh, for you know taking your calls and uh, g- generally trying to, to keep uh, keep order as the, uh, as, yeah, as good the, luck with the that. post-game show goes uh, get, gets going. Yeah. Dan Peck, one of the best. Thank you so much, my friend. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Black. You show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And if you've been watching on YouTube, please like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. Would mean a ton. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.